You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Hour 2 of Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Steve Splinskowski. And we are having a great time this morning. Uh, We had a power-packed first hour talking with Deacon Steve Doran about Seeking Truth Bible Study and the inspiration uh, behind that. We just finished up talking with Father Michael Schneider of the Diocese of Great Falls Billings, and he wrote a chaplet. In fact, uh, he would say that he was nudged by, or even more than a nudge, by St. Teresa of Calcutta to uh, write a novena and and chaplet um, to answer what she had to answer and finding um, Jesus' thirst, and, and finding that own thirst, and, and following that in our own lives. So, um, if you missed any of the first hour, that podcast will be up later today. I encourage you to check it out, and um, to stay with us here for the next hour, because we have a couple of great stories as well. One of those is a rancher and a cattle veterinarian from Milltown, South Dakota. His name is Jake Geis, and he is joining us now to talk a little bit about faith and and how faith sustains the farming family and and all that comes with it. So, Jake, thanks for being on with us this morning. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Great pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're in South Dakota, and uh, we're up here in North Dakota, and... um, you know the weather has been quite interesting this year, uh, from from drought to you know just downpours and rains in some areas. And and if there's one thing I think about farming, um, you know I, I work for a, a beet farmer in the fall. Um, if there's one thing I think about when it comes to farming is that um, farming is, it, it can be inconsistent. Um, there's a lot of things that come into play, and so I wonder if you might just start with your your own experience of. Um, of, of what it's been like over the years as, as a rancher and, and working with other ranchers as, as a cattle veterinarian, um, and, and how that all kind of plays together in, in your Catholic faith. Oh, sure, absolutely. You know, faith is um, so critical, I think, with, uh, with agriculture in general, not just with cattle ranching, but with all aspects of agriculture. Uh, really, I think uh, it's it's such a great symbol, agriculture is, for faith and what God wants to do with us. And I think that's why we have so much more um, respect for faith in, our, in rural areas than we see in urban areas, because we see it everywhere, uh, this, this growth and nurturing that God does in the land and the plants and the animals that are on the land. And so it, it's very apparent to us just by looking around us, that this is what God likes to do in us. And I think that's why we see so much of appreciation for faith, you know, in in rural people and people that are involved in agriculture. Yeah. You know, I wonder wonder if there's something, too, also, you know— Sometimes it's the, it seems like just just based on conditions, you know, whether whether it's the the weather or or whatever whatever the case, um, you know, sometimes it seems like things are just not going to grow, um, or or, or yeah. not really produce in the way that we think they would, and and the Lord just just completely turns it around. Um, you know, is is there an aspect of faith that you know you you really just have to, you know, like it says in Scripture, just just drop the seed and, and, uh, and, and let it grow, and, and how? You just have no idea sometimes. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Hope is so critical in, in in ranching, farming, and whatnot. You know, you really think about it. The two most critical aspects to success in agriculture, year in and year out, are the weather and the markets. And let's face it, the weather and the markets are about as easy for a guy to corral as a feral tomcat is in the cab of your pickup. I mean, there's literally nothing you can do for it. And so, you know, you really have to have hope. If you don't have hope, then why would you put a seed in the ground in the first place? I mean, you'd have to be about as crazy as a as a turtle trying to cross the highway in front of a funeral procession because <laughs> there are so many things that you can't control. But like you said, things can just turn around. I take for example here, we've had this really hot spell in our neck of the woods that was frying everything to a crisp. And I get the opportunity to talk with a lot of different farmers because of my job as a cattle veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And some of them were saying, well, if we, we don't get rain, we might not even have silage, let alone have a crop. Well, wouldn't you know it, this uh, last rainstorm that came through that the weatherman said earlier in the week wasn't probably going to amount to much, ended up giving us an inch and a quarter. Hmm. So that that type of stuff is, is really a, a good way of letting you know that you can have hope. You can have hope, and, and I think it is something that it's not just that God will provide for the land, but also provide for you and your family in things that are more difficult, uh, you know, problems that happen within the family itself. Jake, let's let's talk a little bit. Of the, we actually use two different words here, two theological virtues. We've talked about faith and hope. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as you're talking, I'm thinking there's definitely a relationship between faith and hope. Can, can you... In your in your own words or in, in your under, own understanding, kind of define for us what what is faith to you, what is hope to you, and and the, let's let's dig in a little bit into the the relationship between those two because you're 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 talking about it, but can can you define that for us a little sure. bit? Yeah, because I, I it is important to know the distinction, I, and because they we we kind of use them interchangeably in the English language, don't we? Yeah, yep. but but the reality there are two separate things, and with with faith, it is a belief that things that we we don't have necessarily a hundred percent proof for, but know that they they do exist, and it's a reasonable belief. Uh, something that's really interesting, I would think, is reflecting on um, what what people might critique about faith. It's like, well, you don't have any proof of this, therefore, how can you believe it? But the reality is that uh, we don't believe blindly. We, we have a lot of reasons to believe. Um, just because we can't necessarily put our finger on it exactly doesn't mean that we can't have faith in it. Um, now, that's contrasted with hope, which is, is more of a, a futuristic type of thing. You know, we hope that these things are going to turn out in such and such a way. So, to me, that's how I see the distinction between the two. Well, I think that's great. Is if you think about it, so of those three, right? We got the three theological virtues yep. where you have you have faith, hope, and without, in a certain sense, maybe talk on this, and you could disagree with me if you wanted to. But it almost seems like mm-hmm. charity is impossible without faith and hope. Yeah, you know, I think you're correct because otherwise, uh, if we don't wrap charity and faith and hope, then usually uh, what we'll tell ourselves is charity is rather something self-serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, 
I believe there was at one point in time some psychologist that was trying to make that uh, distinction that there is no such thing as as charity. It's all some sort of self-serving thing. And, mm-hmm. and he ended up, you know, having a very um, dismal life is what ended up happening because he, he couldn't see that the without faith and without hope, then, yeah, charity is self-serving. But when wrapped in those two, it becomes something rather magnificent. I'm loving this conversation, Jake, because I'm a farm boy myself, and I think that farmers are the ultimate philosophers. We spend so much time outside working with our hands and, you know, uh, driving Mm -hmm. tractors or plowing the ground that we have a lot of time to really ponder the meaning of life. And we're we're close to life every day. Um, and so, you know, folks, if you're listening right now, you're thinking, oh, this, you're listening to a, a ordained deacon or a priest right there. You know, we are all called, we are all called to plumb the depths of, of, of this understanding of our faith and our hope um, and, and of charity. It's an opportunity. And, and Jake, if you would, if you might, let me dig a little deeper in. Why do you think about these things? And when do you think about these things? And how do you think and pray about these things? Sure. You know, one of the things that I've noticed uh, has been a trend for many uh, people who are either writing in the Church or uh, things that we are hearing from our pastors has been the value of silence. And when you talk about when you do this, in today's world it's very easy with these these cell phones to make that fill up every dull moment. But when you're in a tractor or you're building fence, you have your hands busy. You can't be messing around on a cell phone. And so that, well, I say that, of course, if you have auto steer, it's a different story. <laughs> in my world, a, a 1974 uh, John Deere 4230 that I drive, I definitely need to use all my hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> and your feet sometimes. That, and my feet, yeah. <laughs> but that, uh, that uh, inability to... to mess around on your phone or to have things going on around you and the type of work that is engaging but not necessarily mind-engaging allows your mind to release and do something else. I, I would say for people who are urban to maybe look into some sort of a hobby that would let you do this because it is such a fruitful way to unlock what God is trying to tell you because you have time to listen to it. And you could fill it with the radio, you could fill it with whatever else, but you can instead just fill it with silence, and that silence then is where God speaks. I mean, that's the uh, the, the tagline that we always hear for the Broom Tree, Tree Retreat Center uh, on the radio ads for it, and and it's true because if you were let's say gardening or uh, maybe some sort of like a woodworking or something that would give you that opportunity to sit quietly by yourself and have your hands busy, be engaged, but not have your mind engaged then you can really delve into this on your own. So I guess that would be the time aspect of the question. I believe you asked the second part of that, too, as well, didn't you? I did, but we're actually going to take a quick break, uh, Jake. So let's let's sure. leave that for our listeners to come back and talk about a little bit of, you know, you know where do we where do we learn about faith and hope? And there's many ways, but in, in Jake, as you're talking about, in silence um, is a great place to start. And, uh, and sometimes in silence, we have the sense of, well, in silence, I do a lot of self-talk, right? I talk to myself, I think things out. But there's another, there's a deeper level that you could go in silence, and that's in involving somebody else, which, of course, we know is the Lord. But we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that in the side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. We are talking about faith. 
Hope and Farming. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Have you ever known someone who has taken their own life? 50% of Americans have. I'm Father Chris Alar. For years, professionals have called the tragedy of suicide an epidemic, but we believe it has become a pandemic because more people in the world take their own life than die by all the wars or homicides combined. Do you know that there are more veterans who have killed themselves than were killed in the Vietnam War? And these numbers keep increasing, especially among the youth. And society doesn't help. Through misguided ways, such as shows like 13 Reasons Why, suicide has become glorified in our society. But there is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski here along with... Brandon Clark. And we are talking about faith, hope, and farming with Jake Geis from Milltown, South South Dakota. He is a vet, rancher, veterinarian... And potentially hay farmer, right, Jake? <laughs> well, you know, we're trying to put the hay farming operation together, but it's a little like Johnny Cash's song. We're getting it one piece at a time. <laughs> I just hope when we get, I just hope when we get done, it doesn't look as ugly as his Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it runs, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> That's very true. So we uh, before the break, Jake, we were talking about uh, we, you know where do we find faith and hope, and, and how do we really uh, get an understanding of that? And one of the great ways you mentioned is silence. Let's talk a little bit about what we do with that silence. You know that silence time is a good time to have a conversation with God, and people feel like sometimes when you do this at first that you're just talking to yourself. And I would say you are talking to yourself if all you're doing is talking. And that's a pretty pretty easy thing to do if you're just uh, running through all the different things that are going on in your head. But a good way for me 
to know that I'm actually letting God have an opportunity to respond is to stop and ask him, God, what do you want me to do? You know, let's say we're we're going through uh, something that I need advice on. And I'll talk to the Lord about all the different things that are built up, kind of pent up in your in your chest about the situation. And when I get to the end of that, when I pause and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I can just stop. And, you know, he will answer back, though not always the way that you think he'll answer back. <laughs> um Sometimes I think, you know, he knows that I'm a little dense, so he's got to hit me upside the head with a two-by-four before I hear him. <laughs> but but that offer, giving him that opportunity, bringing everything that you have that you want to tell him to him, but then giving him that opportunity to respond, and then also asking him, is there something you want me to do? And it, that's a really dangerous thing to ask God. <laughs> I mean, um, it, make sure you're ready for that. Uh, I, I laugh because my the prayer that I'm the most scared of praying for is patience. Because when I pray for patience, usually God gives me plenty of opportunity to test it. And right. so I have to really think I'm, I have to really be ready that day if I'm going to pray for patience, because I usually get a very good opportunity to test it that day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's ways that I look at it. And then I, I love the rosary. Hmm. And the reason why I love the rosary is is I think it goes back to what I was taught by some nuns that did a, a summer program for us when I was probably third or fourth grade. And they talked about the aves within the rosary. And they were trying to explain it to us as young kids, is those aves, let those be the background music to what you're contemplating about the mystery. The, the aves are the background music. And and that, to me, has really helped me unlock some of the things that are going on with each of these mysteries of the rosary. And it's amazing if you're dedicated and praying your rosary and you do ponder the mysteries that are involved in each one, how many applications you see in your life, how many things God is telling you that you can do and, and should be doing based upon the mysteries that, that you're pondering within each individual rosary. Jake, I want to wade into a, um, <clears throat> a little bit of a, a sensitive topic, but um, and and there's no, I'm not trying to uh, offend anybody who's listening this morning, um, because we know our, our farmers, our ranchers, are work re- really hard, and I know in your case, you know, you're you're a veterinarian, so you have emergency things come up. But one of the things that that I'm thinking about here, as we talked um, earlier about faith and and hope, is is this idea of of surrender. Um, you know, and, and recognizing that the Lord needs to do all the work. We can, we can put the, uh, as the farmer I work for, he like, he, uh, he says he, he can get the seed dirty, right? But the Lord does the rest. Um, and, and the, you know, the same thing goes with, with animals and, and their health and, and growing, you know, we can, we can do all we can, but the Lord has to do the rest. Um, and, you know, I think about, uh, the importance of rest, right? In, in, in recognizing that at a certain point, um, we, we need to rest, right? Jesus says, come to you, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Um, I wonder if you can speak to a little bit of, of just this idea of, of rest and, and how um, in that rest, right, we can encounter Jesus in, in the silence in that rest, um, but we can also 
tap into a, a different level of, of, of faith and, and hope in surrender and recognizing that, you know, um, the Lord is the one who, who does this work. Absolutely. It's very easy in a farming operation to find something to do constantly. And there's always something that constantly needs to be done. And I think we have this notion that we can, if we work hard enough, we can control the outcome. But we're deluding ourselves. And go back again to Crowley and Tomcat, that you can't control the weather and you can't control the markets. The, the two most important things. Sure, there's things we can do to mitigate it. We can run an irrigation pivot. We can uh, we can do some sort of uh, uh, pre-selling, you know, whatever that you hedge on the board or or you forward contract or whatnot. But the fact is that we're not going to be able to work ourselves into being able to control the situation, like you said. And what we end up doing is is we delude ourselves, and it, it really is something that actually is a... you worried about being unsensitive, I guess I'll say it. I, I think it, it is something that is from the devil, to think that we can control everything that goes on. And we've got to let that go, because we are not designed to go 24-7. Biologically, we need to rest or something gives out. And... Obviously, there's times when, when you've got to go 24-7, but that doesn't mean that you should go 24-7 and then not stop. You've got to come back and you've got to rest. And your family needs you to come back and rest because if you give 24-7, 365 to the farm, then there's nothing left to give to your family and there's nothing left to give to the Lord. And He never will leave us in a situation where we can't get uh, we can't get through something, you know that that we're to- you know if even if we're totally devastated by something, he's not going to abandon us. And I think that's the thing that that pushes a lot of people is this fear that we're going to we're going to lose everything. And the reality is, is we're all going to lose everything in the end. We're only going to get six foot. It's just what happens after that is what matters the most. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know. Um- as, as we're talking here, we, we, we're, we've talked about faith, we've talked about hope, we've talked about surrender. Um, you know, we, we have a large rural area. The, the upper Midwest is, is, you know, there's some big cities and everything, but it's, it's farming country. You know, I, yeah. and so we have a lot of farmers um, and their families who are listening this morning to Real Presence Radio. They might be in the tractor, you know, spraying or, or doing whatever they're doing as well. I wonder if there's a challenge you would like to offer them um, about the importance of engaging in the faith and uh, letting God be God, right? Let go and let God. You know, that's a really good way to to jump into something that's really passionate for me, because I did say earlier that rural areas have less animosity towards the faith than we may see in urban areas, but we're not seeing faithfulness. Mass attendance, being involved in our parish, it's really on the wane. And we all love the idea that we have our parish there, but in order to have that parish there, we've got to make it happen. We've got to be involved. So if we want to have that vibrant parish, we're all going to have to pitch in. You think about our urban parishes, there's lots of people. So it's easier to find people to do, and I'm not saying that it is easy to find people in urban areas. I, I realize everybody kind of struggles with that. Uh, but 
you at least you have more people to draw from. In rural areas, we've, we've got the same boxes to check, but less people to draw from. So it's, it takes all of us to do our part to keep these parishes going. And the thing is, is that a parish where it's run by four or five people that do everything, that's a parish that just kind of exists. A parish where everybody does their part, and I'm not saying a huge part, just what you're good at. As St. Paul says, everybody's got different gifts. Take your gift and use it for the parish. That makes the parish vibrant, and it makes it attractive. And when you have a vibrant, attractive parish, you have the people who are kind of on the fringes that may come back to Mass, and you have the people who are searching for the thing they can't find anywhere else notice what's going on in your parish, and then they come into that parish, and they become a part of that parish and join the Church. And that's really what we're called to do, is this mission. Um, as Bishop DeGrood has in our diocese, this um, missionary discipleship um, through the love of Christ. I mean, that's that's really what we're called to do. And so I would also say, as another caveat, if you are one of these folks that are great at doing stuff for the parish, we really appreciate you. Um, and on the same token, if, if it's time for you to step back and you're ready to turn over the reins, you have someone to turn over the reins to, I'd like to caution you to make sure you let that person make that position their own. Because things, one, a way that you can make someone not feel very welcomed is to try to control what they're doing in that position. And I'm not talking about, you know, allowing heterodoxy. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, my example would be is if you always serve the parish dinner every fall and you made coleslaw and you want to turn over the reins and the person that you're turning over the reins to wants to make potato salad, just let it be. I mean, that's, you know, we're, we're not having a theological issue if we have potato salad instead of coleslaw at the parish dinner in the fall. Oh, you but, never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, we laugh about it, but that's the thing. And you think about how people are so, you know, adamant about this stuff. They, they don't feel welcome if, if, if this is what they're greeted with. So if we want people to be involved, we have to let them make that position their own. Absolutely. So that would be the thing that I would want you to have in the back of your mind when you are turning over the reins, thank you for what you've done, but be okay with things changing a little bit. Well, and I think it's a it's a really recognizing one another's gifts and, and saying, hey, I'm going to step back and you have gifts. Let's discern those gifts, but I'm going to allow you to share your gifts with the church in the way that the Lord has helped you discern, right? So we're, we, we recognize all gifts. Well, Jake, we sure appreciate the conversation. Uh, we do have to step away for a break, but uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness, and we ask you to keep us in your prayers and know of our prayers, brother. Hey, thank you kindly, and if you have any time to shout a prayer out, we are about to add a, a little one to our family at some point in the next couple of weeks, so I would appreciate those prayers. Absolutely, Jake. God bless you, and, and, and congratulations. Thank you kindly. All right, folks, this is Real Presence Live on the other side of the break. We're going to come back, and we're actually going to talk about a little one being added to a family. Uh, Jake, thank you for that segue. Brandon and Tonya Clark are going to talk about their journey um, in uh, their family. On the other side of this break, it's Real Presence Live. Don't go anywhere. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.